Katie Mann, and welcome to the Hearts of Fire podcast. How do you deal with loss and grief? It's a difficult question that has many answers, as well as the topic of today's discussion with our guest, Sister Monica Paul Frazier. Before we get to our discussion, I'd like to remind you that whether you're watching this episode live on YouTube or listening to it on a podcast, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. We appreciate your support of the Hearts of Fire podcast. Now on today's discussion with our guest, Sister Monica Paul Frazier. For those of you who don't know her, Sister Monica is the pastoral associate at Incarnation Church in Sarasota, Florida. I'd like to now welcome Sister Monica and thank you. Uh, thank you and thank her for joining us today on the Hearts of Fire podcast to discuss how we can deal with loss and grief. Welcome, Sister Monica. Good morning, Katie. How are you? I'm doing well, and I am happy to see you. And, you know, thank you for joining us today from the great state of Florida. And let's dive right into it. Tell us about your ministry and how you help your parishioners deal with loss and process grief. The first thing I do with people is uh, help plan funeral liturgies. So when a funeral comes in, and we have the date for it, then I call the family and set up an appointment and I meet with them and we spend about an hour or sometimes more talking all the whole process. We talk first of all about the person who has gone to God and uh, something of their character, something of their life, uh, something about them. And then that helps make it easier for me to suggest readings for them if they don't already have readings in mind. Sometimes they'll have a favorite scripture that they would like to use. If not, then I will suggest something that's appropriate after having listened to what they had to say about the person. Then we go into picking out readings, the two first and second reading and the psalm refrain. Our pastor picks out the gospel since he preaches from it. And then we move from there to the songs and we pick out four hymns and put them where they want them to go. And then I go through the whole process with them of the mass uh, when they need to be here, what to expect. I give them the readings ahead of time so that the readers could practice because the families, as you know, can do the first and second readings. So they have that. And then I go through their part in the mass and what they need to do from, if it's a, a cremation, then we have that small pall that they will place over the ashes, uh, full body. They have the large pall at the back of the church. And then we just go through every step of the mass. When we're finished and they have any questions, then I give them some materials, which I have. Uh, many of you may know about the care notes, which are published in their small eight-page booklets, which are written by various people, and they address different topics. So I have in my office at any time a good supply of care notes, and I pick out the ones that apply to them. The care notes are very specific. They have, if you lost your husband, if you lost your wife, if you lost a child, how to deal with grief. So I'll pick out the ones that are appropriate to them. Then I have a prayer little booklet that I give them and then I extend to them the invitation to come back at any time, give me a call if they would like to come in and chat. Uh, I do bereavement counseling, and some of it is with the people that I help the 
them plan the funeral and others are just people who are feeling sad and they want to come in for counseling. So I then print up a booklet so they have a program. And especially now with COVID, many people cannot come to the funerals. We're seeing a, a sharp decrease in the number attending because of their staying at home and not wanting to come out into a crowd. So when I give them the programs, then they can send those home to the people who are not able to be there. And we also live stream all funerals. So they have that opportunity. Uh, I'm always amazed when I listen to their stories to hear about the person that they lost. And when they speak with so much love and they talk about the character of the person, it's, it's very inspiring to me. And, and it makes me happy to know that so many families have had a good father or have had a good mother or their son was a good person or the daughter or whoever they lost. So it's uh, one of my friends often says to me, I don't know how you do that. And I say, for me, it's life-giving because I am inspired by so many of these people. Absolutely. And speaking of last year, uh, this past year has been full of loss and grief. And for someone in your particular ministry, I imagine people relied on you during their most difficult moments. You know, tell us about what this past year has been like for you. And honestly, this past year has been probably more challenging than any other time because of the COVID restrictions and people being isolated in their homes or in a facility. There's so much sadness. Uh, one of, I, I call people regularly. I have a list of people that I call because they can't get out. And one lady was in her room from, from uh, March to October and then again in January, because the nursing facility was bringing their meals to them. And that's only one lady. And there were others like her or people living in a home. Their only contact, uh, one woman would go out in her driveway and the neighbors would gather at five o'clock in their driveways. It was a cul-de-sac, so they would have conversations. So I'm hearing so many sad stories uh, it's just been a hard year for many people and, and for children, too, because I hear from families who have children and the children greatly miss the connection and the interaction with their friends at school. So it's been a, a hard year. Yeah. So how do you personally process and deal with loss and grief? Yeah, I pray a lot. I mean, I really do pray a lot. The Holy Spirit and I are like this. I, <laughs> Spirit, uh, and the Holy Spirit helps me all the time. Actually, when people are speaking with me, I'm, I'm praying at the same time. And I have a short prayer, Jesus, mercy, Mary, help. And so I'm saying that many times this year I've been praying, please don't let me cry because I don't want to cry in front of them. But that's how sad it is. So for myself, basing everything with prayer. My, my help besides prayer is when I go home, I, I do things which are life-giving for me and that make me happy. Uh, I do an hour's worth of puzzles every day, word puzzles, number puzzles, uh, picture puzzles. I 
like to read. So apart from spiritual reading, I like a good mystery. I like to watch a Hallmark movie now and again, family appropriate. So something to distract me so that I'm not carrying all that with me. I do carry it and I keep them in prayer, but I just find it, um, it's a challenge. I, I call my friends. I don't call them to say I'm feeling sad. I call them to say, how are you? Because I know they'll tell me funny things. So I do that. Some days I call a lot of them. Uh, that's basically how I process grief. And that's what okay. I Well, Sister Monica, what would you advise someone who is dealing with loss and grief? I guess the first thing I would tell them is grief is a final act of love and you need to go through it. Uh, if you don't go through it, it will, at the time, it will come back later to haunt you. And I, I know that a family uh, lost their mother a number of years ago, and the three children were very young. And I worried especially about the youngest child because she did not process grief. From day one, she was, I'm okay, I'm okay. And it came back to hit her later on, a number of years later, and her family was able to get her some counseling. So I would say, go through the grief process. That would be the first thing. Don't, don't deny yourself that you feel sad. At the same time, people mean well, but there is no timeline on grief. And now and again, someone will come to me and say, one of my friends said to me, I should be over it by now. It's been a year. And no, it's, you shouldn't be over it by now. Some losses are going to be felt for your whole life, and especially the loss of a child. And you have to take the time to grieve that you need. And another thing I would say is people mean well, they really do. But sometimes they say things that don't come off well. Uh, I have a, right now, I have a, a parent bereavement group of parents who lost their children. And uh, one of them was a 16 year old, one was a 26 year old, another is older. The, the ages vary. I tell them, people sometimes will say to you, because a lady brought it up the other day. She said, uh, someone said to me, do you have other children? And, and she took it as, well, you have other children, so you're okay. So I explained to her, no, I don't think they were saying that. I think they were saying, you have other children, and I'm sure this is hard on them as well. I'm sure they're grieving too, and you have to help them through their grief, just as you're working through your own grief. So she thought about that, and she said she'll think about it further. But at first statement, that's what she thought. So I would say people mean well and give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't be offended by what they say. Don't get annoyed at them. And at the same time, people often don't know what to say, so they don't say anything. And another problem some parents have is she want, one lady told me she wants to talk about her child. She wants to remember him. She wants people to remember him. And it's like they're avoiding the whole topic of him, which makes it seem like he never existed. And he did. And she doesn't want to lose that. 
But again, I think people don't know what to say. And I think unless they have experienced a loss, they don't have an idea. And even if they have experienced the loss, no loss is the same because every relationship between people is different. So where there's a closeness, it's different than a, a loss where there wasn't a closeness. So even if someone, and, and if someone says, I know how you feel, they really don't know how you feel because they're not you. But again, don't be offended when someone says that because they, they're trying to show you their, their sympathy, their feeling for you and your loss. They, they mean well. Another thing I would say for people grieving is take care of yourself. You know, uh, get out of bed in the morning. Thank God that you woke up. And then find something to do that takes care of yourself. Get dressed up. Don't stay in your jammies all day. Uh, go out. Go out of the house. If you belong to the gym, go get some exercise. And if you play golf, go play golf. You honor the one you lost by continuing your life. You, you do not honor the one you lost by saying, my life is over. Because as I also tell people who are grieving, if your son or your daughter were sitting, and I point to the chair in my office, if, if he or she were sitting there, they would say to you, mom, I want you to be happy. I want you to have a good life. I don't want you to be sad all the time. So that's something I would say, take care of yourself and do things that are life-giving. Take one day at a time. Uh, a mother said to me not long ago, I know I'm going to feel this way for the rest of my life. And I said, no, you're not. No, you're not. It will get better. It will never go away, but it will get better. Just take one day at a time. Don't be looking down the line 10 years. Take today. Make today a good day. I also encourage them to pray. You know, pray to God. Pray to Christ. He knows what suffering is for sure. Pray to Mary. Mary as a mother, understood suffering extremely well because she watched her son, who didn't deserve it, die a horrible death. And, and Mary knows what it feels like to be sad. She stood at the cross, but she was weeping when she was at the cross. She wasn't just sitting there saying, well, this is part of the plan, it's okay. Mary was weeping. So Mary knows what sorrow is. Mary knows what it's like to feel a loss. So pray to Mary. Remember, I ask them to remember how much God loves them. Read scripture every day. Take a gospel. Read a chapter. Look at the book of Psalms. Take one psalm a day. Look at it. The Bible is a love story. From page one, Genesis, to the last page of Revelation. The Bible is a story of God telling us over and over again, I love you. I want what is best for you. God is saying things are going to happen which are not good, which are not happy. I did not cause them. I did not will them. But things happen. People get sick. God says the earth I created shouldn't have caused any sickness, but what mankind, humankind has done is we've polluted the earth and it's caused sickness. And God says, no, I don't cause that. Because sometimes people will say, 
have one lady who says, I won't trust God anymore. You know, and I prayed to him for my husband to get better and he died. And that happens to some people. It's part of a stage in, in the lives of some people. And I say to them, no, God didn't will his death. He didn't will his suffering. But he, he has him safely in his arms. You know? Your husband, your son, your wife, your daughter, your friend are safely with God. And, and for them to remember that and for them to remember that God loves them and that God loves the person who was lost. And, and I, always, I love Augustine. Of course, with the name Monica, I would have to love Augustine. <laughs> I, I truly do. But one of the one of the many things that he said, which I love, is if we were the only person created, there was nobody else that God created, God could not love us any more than God loves us at that particular moment. And I remind them of that. I remind them of the greatness of God's love. I remind them of God's grace and, and God's care for us that I'm always amazed that every now and again, I say to God, where did you find the time for this? Because something will happen that's providential and it could be a minor thing. It could be a medium. It could be a big thing. And God's hand is in it all the way. And, and I, a couple times a week, at least I say that, you know, and I raise my hand, where did you find the time to do this? And he does it. Uh, so to remember and Paul, who's my other favorite, uh, as we know, he told the Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He didn't say I could do some things. I could do on Monday and Tuesday, I could do some things. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And the thing in my own life I have found about God is, and I'm old enough now to be able to say it, he has never once let me down. I ask God to help. He's right there. And even when I don't ask him to help, if I forget, he's right there anyway. So I would say pray. And if he, and somebody said to me, well, I don't feel like praying. I said, well, not everybody does and Not all of us do all the time. We're distracted. Pray anyway. Just use your simple words. And if you can't use words, let what you're going through be your prayer. Uh, Dad told me recently, I can't say any prayers right now. I said, but your pain is your prayer. Your suffering is your prayer. God looks at that as your prayer. I would say, call your friends, you know, not to tell them I'm feeling miserable today, but to say, how are you? How are you doing? Everybody has something in their lives. I, uh, I'm amazed when I hear stories because other people will just come in to talk. They haven't lost anybody, but they want to talk. And when I hear their stories, I am totally amazed because I will see them in church and they look so happy and engaged and they're glad to be doing what they're doing. And I'm thinking to myself, and they're carrying such sorrow. And I, I was at mass one day with a lady that I see at mass all the time. She goes every day. And uh, this was before we were restricted in, in seating. And I was next to her and she looked sad that day, which she didn't normally look. So I mass hadn't started. And I said, uh, are you okay? And she said, this is the anniversary of my daughter's death. So 
again, people that I, I never would have known that. And everybody has something. So when I go to mass and at the beginning, I look around to include people in my prayer. And as I'm looking, I'm thinking they all have something in their lives, which is hard. So we need to pray for them. Another thing I, I would say to people who are grieving, get out of yourself. Do something for somebody else. Two of the parents that I see have actually, and actually a third, because we had someone come in the other day to speak. So three of them that I've seen, because their children were young, one was 16, one was 17. They have set up a foundation. And so for the, ch the children would have been seniors. So for the first year, and then the four years after that for college, they've set up a foundation and they will give scholarships in the name of their child who already went to God. So something like that, I asked them, volunteer, you know, uh, there's so many opportunities to volunteer, whether you go into a classroom and read to children, whether you help out in the office at a school, whether you go into the parish and offer to join an organization. We have in our parish, we have a couple of groups. One is the Arimatheans and their women and men who will come to every funeral. Five or six will come to everyone so that the family who has lost someone knows that the church is praying for them. And they will often go up to the people after mass and talk to them. We have the Good Samaritan group, which goes out and helps take people to doctor's appointments, to uh, the grocery store. One lady takes her people out to lunch every now and again, just to get them out of the house. So I encourage the people who are grieving to do something which will benefit somebody else. I also like to say that when we go through something, it may be a painful experience. It may be something that we wish didn't happen, but I think we learn lessons from it. We learn to be more compassionate and to be more forgiving. And so that down the line, we are going to meet somebody who can benefit from our sharing with them what we've gone through. And I have found that in my own life more times than I can count. Things that uh, at the time I asked to be delivered from and God said, not yet. You know, he's got those three answers, yes, no, and wait. And so he said, not yet on this one. And then five years later, something happened. And I thought if I hadn't gone through that experience, I would never have been able to say what I said to that woman that was helpful to her. So I tell the people who are grieving down the line and maybe this year, it may be five years from now, someone is going to come to you who needs your sympathy, your empathy, your love, your concern, which have been deepened by the loss you've gone through. And I tell them all this is a choice. You can, you can decide to do all these things. We have free will, which sometimes is good and sometimes is not so good but we can use our free will on the good portion and we can use it to do those things which will help other people. And I have always found when you help somebody else, you really are helping yourself even though you don't realize it at the time. You know, 
So I think that's basically what I would say to people who are grieving. And, and then we promised them our prayers, which we are faithful to. When I say to someone, I'm going to say a rosary for you today, they get all happy. Or I'll remember you at mass or whatever. Uh, so, and I tell them, you can do that for each other. So in our bereavement group, actually, we have drawn names. So everybody is praying for a particular person in a special way. So that's basically uh, what I try to share with them. And, and the Holy Spirit helps all the time because even sometimes I will say something. And after I've said it, I'm saying, that did not come from me. <laughs> well, Spirit helped me. Yeah, I, I just definitely want to thank you for all of this, all of this words of wisdom and, you know, for joining us today. And we hope that you'll join us for future discussions. Thank you so much, Katie. All right. Bye, sister. And before we go, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoyed today's discussion, please let us know by giving the Hearts of Fire podcast a five-star rating on wherever you listen to your podcast. We hope that you will join us on for our next episode with Sister Anne Daniel Young, where we will discuss the spiritual meaning of creation in our lives. Thank you again for tuning in today to the Hearts of Fire podcast, and please know that you are in the daily prayers of our sisters and associates.